welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the journal's editor-in-chief, and today we're discussing a recently accepted paper submitted to our call for papers on auditory system plasticity. The paper is entitled, Socially Induced Serotonergic Fluctuations in the Male Auditory Midbrain Correlate with Female Behavior During Courtship. This paper was also featured in APS Select in March. APS Select is a collection of the finest manuscripts published across the American Physiological Society journals. Let's start with introducing our guests today, starting with Luke. Hi, uh, my name is Luke Remichili. I'm at the University of Massachusetts. And we also have two of the authors of the study here. Sarah and Laura, can you introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Sarah Kusum at Indiana University. And I'm Laura Hurley, also at Indiana University. Thank you. Sarah, could you provide the listeners with a general overview of your study? Uh, yes. So, in this study, we used a variation of carbon fiber voltammetry to measure the local activity of the serotonergic system within an auditory midbrain nucleus. Um, this is the inferior colliculus during social interaction. We measured serotonergic activity in male mice interacting with females and assessed whether serotonergic activity corresponded to the vocal signals that would be processed in the inferior colliculus or to other non-vocal behaviors. We had two main findings. First, we found that on average, serotonergic activity increased over time in the males in response to females relative to controls with no social partner. And our second finding was that male increases in serotonin were quite variable and correlated inversely with female rejection of the males. So males that were getting a lot of female rejection, including getting kicked at and lunged at, showed very little increases in serotonergic activity, while males who were not getting these rejection signals showed substantial increases. So why did you conduct the experiments reported in the article? In our lab, we study the context-dependent regulation of auditory processing by serotonin. And as part of this, we have been really interested in how serotonin levels respond to social interaction. In the past, we've measured serotonergic activity in males interacting with other males and females interacting with males. So what's striking about the current study is that male mice placed with novel females are really motivated to investigate and court females. And this suite of behaviors includes the production of a lot of ultrasonic vocalizations. So for both of these reasons, we thought it would be very informative to see how the serotonergic system would respond in male mice during courtship and whether these responses were related to social behaviors, particularly the vocal behaviors. Luke, do you have any questions? Well, I'm curious. It, it sounds very interesting. Can you explain a little bit about how uh, voltammetry specifically detects serotonin in this setup and not other compounds, for example, in the brain of these awake behaving animals? Voltammetry is an electrochemical technique. Um, it measures the current produced when we apply a voltage that causes the substance or chemical of interest to oxidize. So there are two steps in our preparation of carbon fiber electrodes that allow us to specifically detect serotonin in the brain. The first of these is the use of an electrical pretreatment. Um, and this is in combination with the particular form of voltammetry that we use, slow scan voltammetry. This allows us to generate a voltammetry with three distinct oxidative peaks that correspond to different neurochemicals. The third of these peaks is serotonin, as well as serotonin's metabolite, 5-HIAA. 
second step for preparing our electrodes involves coating them with napion. And napion is a negatively charged ion exchange resin that reduces the signal from serotonin's metabolite, 5-HIAA. So these two pretreatment steps result in electrodes that detect serotonin in reference to its metabolite. However, because there's a higher concentration of 5-HIAA in the brain, it's likely that you know, the signal we're recording represents some of that too. However, um, work in our lab demonstrates that coating our electrodes of napion is necessary to see uh, behavior-related changes in serotonergic activity. Great. So I'm curious, going into the study, were you expecting that the midbrain serotonin signal that you're picking up would reflect the male's own behavior or that of the female's social partners that you put him with? Actually, we expected that serotonergic activity would correspond to the male's own behavior. Um, and this prediction was based on work conducted by previous graduate students in the lab. Ian Hall, um, he measured serotonergic activity in male mice investigating um, other males. And Jessica Hansen, who studied serotonergic activity in female mice interacting with males. So in both experiments, they found that serotonergic activity in the inferior colliculus was correlated with the social behavior and overall locomotion performed by the subject mouse. So we were really surprised in this current study when we found the opposite, that serotonergic activity in male mice during courtship was correlated with the behavior of the female mouse. Specifically, that serotonergic activity in males was negatively correlated with female rejection behavior. Of course, we don't know whether female behavior prevents the typical elevation in serotonergic activity seen during social encounters. Um, this is certainly an interesting idea, and we'd have to test that directly. Well, that's fascinating. So why do you think sensory processing region like this in the midbrain would exhibit this sort of moment-by-moment -moment plasticity in serotonin fluctuations? So the increases in serotonergic activity that we've seen are actually anchored to broad phases of mouse sexual interaction that have already been identified. And the first phase is really investigative. There's a lot of tactile and also olfactory investigation. And the duration of this first phase can vary among mouse strains or individual interactions. But in our hands, it lasts for about 10 minutes. And the second phase is when mounting by males becomes much more prevalent. And what we've seen is that over these phases, the vocalizations of males and females are both shifting, with males making an ultrasonic call that has harmonics in it that occurs in the seconds around mounting. And the female calls are changing in number and also in other structural parameters. And they may also be organized around mounting bounce. So a straightforward idea is that serotonin is one link between the behavioral environment that's specific to an individual social interaction and the neural processing of these changing vocalizations. And one of the general things that we think serotonin does after its release is to increase cell activity for auditory stimuli, including vocalizations. But for these types of calls in particular, we don't yet know a whole lot. The bigger model here is that in this study and in our previous work, we're seeing that within this auditory region, the serotonergic system is representing important features of context that include current events, internal state, and even past experience. Now this makes sense from an anatomical perspective, since the raphe nuclei that innervate the inferior colliculus are not auditory themselves, and they may be responsive to all of these types of contextual factors. Functionally, we're viewing this input as one way for information on social meaning to modulate early stages of auditory processing. 
And this could accomplish two things. It could be a way for higher social behavioral centers to modify their own input to match external events. Or, since the same source of serotonin to our auditory nucleus supplies many other brain regions, this could be a way to coordinate activity across this wide range of regions that are important to generating an appropriate behavioral response to exactly what's going on in a particular social interaction. Wow, that's really interesting. So, in terms of some of the broader relevance of this work, for example, to human beings, do you think your study raises implications for how sensory function is shaped by things like antidepressants, uh, including something like SSRIs? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I do think there could be some implications of our work for two uh, different types of disorder. And one of these would be disorders that are associated with the dysfunction of serotonergic pathways, including mood disorders, as you're referring to, Luke. And in terms of these, you might expect to see perceptual differences in the unmedicated condition and when selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors were administered, and there are certainly studies in the clinical literature that suggest that these types of drugs do affect auditory perception. Now, second, one thing that we've seen in our lab is that really fundamental features of the serotonergic infrastructure within the inferior colliculus, and this includes the density of serotonergic projections and the expression of serotonin receptors, are altered by noise-induced hearing loss. And this work was done by Melissa Papish and Adam Smith, who are two former lab members. So there's a possibility that plasticity of the central auditory system following hearing loss with all of the associated perceptual problems could somehow involve regulation by serotonin too. And this question really points out very well that a big missing piece of the puzzle for us is how this neuromodulatory pathway influences perception. Mm -hmm. And we've made some inroads into this question with some pilot work and of course we have lots of ideas about this, but these are still largely unaddressed but we think it's really crucial to know. So like in many studies, this one has illuminated some very important details about how our system works, but has also left some big unresolved mysteries that we're working towards. I'd like to thank Luke, Sarah, and Laura for participating in today's discussion of the article, Socially Induced Serotonergic Fluctuations in the Male Auditory Midbrain Correlate with Female Behavior During Courtship which is part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology.